0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Real Scoop with Scoop Jefferson. So glad you can join us today. Today, we have a conversation that I think you are really going to enjoy. Joining me is Avon Police Officer Tajay High.
1: Say hi, Officer Hai. <laughs> what's, what's going on, everybody? Thank you for having me again, Steve. I really appreciate it. I respect you. Um, And I look forward to the conversation we're going to have on this podcast today.
0: Right on, right on. So I asked Officer Tajay High to join me here on The Scoop because Officer High is the first African-American police officer in the town of Avon, Indiana. So he is part of Living Black History and a city right outside, a town right outside of the big metropol- metropolitan of Indianapolis, Indiana. And so I asked him to join me just to have a conversation about his job as a police officer in a predominantly uh, white town. And uh, this is where he grew up. Uh, and Officer Hyde, first of all, tell us why in the world did you choose the career of police officer?
1: <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, that's a, that's kind of a loaded question, so to speak, because there's so many variables that take place and to decide and exactly what I want to do. But I'll take it back to, um, you know, when I was a younger kid, uh, right around seven or eight years old. Um, <laughs> Uh, my my parents kind of always knew um, exactly what I would do because they saw it earlier than I did. Um, They saw that I was uh, more caring um, towards people. Um, I had compassion um, at a very younger age. And as I got older, um, you know, my, uh, that just kind of manifested into, um, you know, this, this, this wanting and this needing to, Um, provide service to people because that's what made me feel accomplished at the end of the day. Um, And I think I I, I got my own self in trouble sometimes, even when I was a kid, my brother would do something, um, you know, that would probably get him into into some trouble and I would try to cover for him. Um, So uh, a lot of the times, uh, you know, my my parents um, really knew at an early age, um, that I was probably going to end up uh, serving in some capacity. Um, but as I got older, um, and I saw uh, police officers um, actually out in the field, you know, whether it be uh, an SRO in the school, um, I can actually revert back to fourth grade. I had uh, an SRO coming to my fourth grade classroom with his uh, K9 partner. What's the and- SRO? So SRO is a school resource officer. Gotcha. So,
0: okay, we just want our yeah, want yeah, our listeners it. to know what that is.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's a school resource officer. So basically, their entire detail is to provide security to, uh, you know, the elementary school, secondary school uh, levels. Um, so uh, I had this, um, you know, school resource officer who actually just retired from our department. So it's kind of cool to see it come full circle. He walks into our classroom. Um, and he's got his k9 partner and he says um, all right kids uh, he was he was speaking about dare that's when dare was really popular um, so he walks in and he says hey um, you know I'm uh, I'm officer Lewis and you know he he actually retired as a sergeant um, however he was officer Lewis then and I said you know what that's exactly what I want to do that's who I want to be um, so I admired him so much um, that Uh, it was just implanted in me at an early age that I wanted to be just like him when I grew up. And like I said, it came full circle.
0: (laughs) Right. And and we want to share with you, too, that Officer Hike actually grew up in Avon. Let me tell you a little bit about Avon. It's in Hendricks County. It's 12 miles west of Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. And it's actually considered part of the Indianapolis metropolitan area. Now, the town of Avon was officially incorporated not too long ago in 1995 now its previous name before it was named Avon it was Hampton it was again it's located in Hendricks county which is part of which is part of Washington township now uh the county itself was formed in 1824 and named after then Indiana governor William Hendricks so that's where Hendricks county uh originated from so
1: how long have you been on the force?
0: And tell me about your first day on the
1: job. Yeah, so um, i just had my uh, my two-week cop anniversary, if you will. Um, I started, my official hire date was June 4th um, of 2018. Um, shortly after that, I did a couple uh, administrative things uh, in the office before I left for the academy. Uh, a couple weeks later, mid-June, uh, like June fourteen, June 15th. Um, So my my official first day um, out of the academy uh, was a little bit terrifying. Um, uh, You know, you 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 have all these um, things that you just learned in the academy, everything that you want to do to a T. However, I learned quickly that, um, you know, you kind of rely you, you obviously rely on your training a lot. But a lot of this job is about your ability to communicate with people um, you know, and that's, that's a big part of it. So, um, it took me a little while to adjust to that aspect. However, it was kind of easier for me, um, because I was already used to communicating and, and uh, you know, kind of trying to adapt to, uh, my environment and to the situations. because like I said, you know, I grew up in Avon. Um, you know, I came here from Louisville, Kentucky in second grade and to come when this town, uh, was, you know, there was, it only took you five minutes to get from the east side of town to the west side of town. <laughs> in um, there was not, there was not all the traffic. There wasn't, you know, as many commercial buildings, no, uh, you know, as many residential areas. So, um, to, to, to experience the growth, um, it just really enabled me to learn a lot and to help better prepare myself, um, for, you know, that first day out on the road. And, you know, it took me a little bit to transition to it, but it was it was easier because of my experiences.
0: Wow. Well, um, w- although you grew up in Avon, um, one of my latest stats that I looked at, Avon is less. And I repeat, <laughs> less than one percent black. How was that?
1: For you personally,
0: yeah. even before becoming a police officer,
1: yeah, um, you know, <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny because, um, like I said, uh, you know, I, I here here's the thing, right? You you come from you know the the west side of Louisville, Kentucky, you know, and you're in you know you're you're five six years old, um, you're you know you start first second grade, um, all this kind of stuff, and then you move here to uh, Avon. Um, so it's a, it's a completely different ball game, right? I mean, you don't, you don't see nearly as many people that look like you. And, and with my brother and I's experience, he was two years older than I was, um, with my brother's and I's experience in second and fourth grade, um, we would look around our classroom and we would see nobody who looked like us. So who do you, who do you gravitate towards, right? You gravitate to people that you can relate to on any kind of level. So to be able to, to to have to figure out at an early age who you're going to gravitate to, um, because you can't relate to anybody else on a cultural level because there's just not any minorities. You know, the only minority you see is your brother in passing when you're switching classes. Um, so that was a little bit that was a little bit difficult to to, to, to deal with. However, it it kind of forces you to emerge yourself in different cultures. Um, but also keeping your culture at the forefront as you get older.
0: Yeah. And speaking of culture, so most of at least 25% of the ancestry in Avon is, is, is German. Um, So, uh, uh, and that's, that's kind of large for a small town of about 16, a little bit more than 16,000 people. So uh, culture, Uh, learning other cultures is extremely important, Um, but there's also, you know, a a large Scottish and Polish and and Irish um, that make up that particular uh, town as well. And so I want to also, although he's the first Black hired, he was not the first um, non-white. And you have a sergeant on your department that's Japanese-American as well, and who has Mm -hmm. You know, been there for a while and has worked his way up the ranks. Um, I had the opportunity of, of learning about him. Um, I've known about Officer High being in Avon for the past year, so this is something that I've been trying to um, trying. I've been trying to meet him for about a year or so, um, just because of the history that he's making there. Officer High, how how have people received you in Avon, Indiana? As a black officer, because you know you go to a police run, it's very obvious a black officer is responding.
1: Mm-hmm. And see, it, 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 and and that's the thing. I love, I love being black. I love my culture. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. I love, I love what I'm doing out here. i I love that I get to use my platform, um, in various capacities. Um, so for me uh, you know, my experience with being a black officer here has been, you know, the, the, the the bigger portion has been extremely supportive, extremely positive. Um, you know, I will speak on the fact that, you know, if I go to a run, um, that, um, has some implication to be, uh, you know, kind of skewed towards, um, you know, uh, uh, Black person or, you know, there's something to a certain level that I can relate to this run on, whether it be my skin color, my experiences, then I'll go ahead and I'll, 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 I'll go ahead and put myself in that on that run, even though it wasn't originally sent to me. Because, like I said, I'm here to use, you know, my experiences, my culture. Um, as a, as as a catalyst to help bridge the gap between minorities and police officers. So anywhere that I can, that that I feel that I'm needed, I'll go. So I think it's, I I think it's more along the lines of my own uh, thought process. Nobody ever, you know, I've never, you know, I've never experienced a run where, you know, they're, uh, they they only sent it to me because this involves black people. No, I've I've never experienced um, anything like that. I emerge myself um, and 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 put myself in those positions because this is what I'm here for.
0: Has anyone ever mistreated you because of your skin color and your uniform?
1: Um, you know what I uh I, I no I wouldn't say that they mistreated me. Um, you know, but there's there's certain things you know, as a black man that, that you notice, um, right. Um, and and that can be just the most minute things that people don't think that you notice. Um, however, um, they're still prevalent. Now, it's not very often that I deal with these things. However, we still have a long way to go to. Um, so, you know, some, (laughs) some, some runs, you know, it, it, the thought crosses your mind where it's like, man, we, you know, we really, we really still have a long way to go. Um, however, Um, It just further reinforces the fact of why I need to be in the position that I'm in, because I'm going to help, you know, I'm going to help get us there. Okay.
0: now, and I want to make it known that I know Officer High's police chief and assistant chief. I've known them for years and, and and consider them extremely professional. And when they started telling me about Officer High, I knew it had to be legit because <laughs> I think that I have a relationship as a crime reporter uh, with Chief Sean Stoops and Assistant Chief Ryan Nugent that if he was, uh, <laughs> if he was anything less than um, a, even just a good police officer, they would have never even mentioned him. I mean, and and they speak so highly of you, which makes me proud, too, as a as a black man, Um, you know, and unfortunately, across the country, right after the George Floyd um, police custody homicide, um, a lot of you officers got grouped, you know, in the same category as officer Minneapolis, fired Minneapolis officer Derek Chauvin. So, take me to the take take me back to when you saw that video from minneapolis and and how it hit you first as you know as a black man second as a police officer and what you want people that you've sworn to protect and serve to know about
1: you as both Mm -hmm. yeah um you know the the thing is and, and i think um you know Something that needs to be highlighted is that there's not a single law enforcement officer, at least at least that I know, and, and at least that you know that, that I see on you know uh, social media's who are commenting about it. There's not a single law enforcement officer um, that thinks that that video was okay. Nowhere have I seen a, a police officer say, "Yeah, you know what? That's part of our training." That is absolutely outside of any type of formal training that we uh, that we host, um, you know, within our agency, and I think on a on you know a more uniform uh, uniform level. Um, so I just want to make it abundantly clear that <clears throat> that no one no one has any um, you know discrepancies on whether or not uh, George Floyd was mar- murdered at the hands of a law enforcement officer um however with with that being said as a black man for me um first it was extremely hard to watch the video you know yeah. i'm sure that, yeah like it was everybody else you know i couldn't even watch the video for the first couple of days i had to kind of wait and kind of you know get myself you know mustered up the energy to actually watch it and you know mentally prepare for it so yeah. it took me a couple of days to watch it however um, during the whole, you know, during the whole process, it was extremely, extremely hard. Um, so it, you know, and it, it angered me because, you know, I, on a on a on a personal level, for one, um, because here I am as a black man, um, you know, trying to bridge the gap um, between, you know, uh, minorities and law enforcement officers, um, but also trying to keep in mind um that I'm that I'm black first right I'm I'm black first and I have natural feelings and you know I have um you know this 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 connection with my people and my culture um so it's hard to balance that um when I see something you know somebody who's wearing a badge um you know take advantage of that and somebody who shouldn't have a badge and gun in the first place, um, take advantage of that because it just puts our culture, you know, 10 steps back. It puts our profession 10 steps back. Yeah. Um, so it makes it harder for people like myself and the awesome, awesome officers that I work with in my agency around the, around the County. It makes it harder for us to show people that not all of us are, uh, you know, a, a George Floyd case. Not all of us are bad people. And I just want to highlight, especially real quick, and uh, I don't want to make this too long, but I just want to highlight the 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 fact that you know our agency, um, you know, and I'll speak on this on both sides of the fence when I before you know pre-hire and post-hire, um, our agency uh, we don't care about race, creed, gender, religion, um, sexual sexual orientation. We don't care about any of that because. That's not a line on our application that'll strike somebody, right? What we do is we have a transparent hiring process to where we, you know, we we send out, um, you know, an open pre-application process that's on a national database. So people, you know, who want to come work in Indiana who live in Texas are more than welcome to come to our hiring processes of any demographic of people. So I, I want people to understand that. Um, you know, it's not an institutional issue when, you know, I'm the first black officer hired because um, I've seen it. I've been on both sides of the fence. I'm absolutely proud to be the first African-American officer, 100%. But you it can't, you can't help but think about, well, why is this, right? Since at least it was established, why am I the first one? And, you know, like I said, you know, pre-hire um, before I, you know, got into the hiring processes and I was actually involved on the interview panels, I was involved Um, you know, in the pre-application process, I was, I was thoroughly involved. I'm like, okay, what, what are we doing wrong? Right. What are we doing wrong? And it was quickly determined that our department isn't doing anything wrong because our outreach is to every demographic. It is, it it really is to every demographic. Now, what I think the issue is, is I think the issue is minorities. We just don't want to do this job Steve, when I tell you that we have 100 people, let's say we have 100 people that show up at our hiring process, we open up our application process two or three months, we blast it all over our social media, hey, make sure you sign up, I'm, I'm retweeting it, I'm sharing, I'm doing all these things, hey, and then it's disheartening when you know you see 100 uh, people come out and only 10 of those people are black people, right? So that's 10%, or you know, five people are black people, so that's 5%. And, and you're wondering, okay, what is, what is happening? Right. What mm-hmm. is happening? And I think that a big part of it is, um, you know, the, uh, the demographic that we police it. Right. I think that people want to serve in their own communities. Right. So that's true. Yeah. I, I think, I think that our, I think that our community is obviously growing more and more diverse. So we're seeing a lot more, um, minority applicants. Um, however, Um, It's not where we need to be yet. It's not where we need to be. However, I think that we're going to get there. And also, I think that a lot of minorities just don't want to do this job. You know, I think that that goes along, you know, a little bit deeper. It goes with the systematic issues that we've dealt with for so long. You know what I mean? Violence against Black people, disparities in the educational system. It's, you know, a, a lot of these other variables that weigh in on why minorities just don't want to do this job for whatever reason. So I'm curious. I want to, you know, I want to dive deeper into that aspect because I feel like it's a real issue when I see only five, you know, 5% of black people because we're already at a disadvantage because our process is so rigorous, it's so attention to detail oriented. We make sure that we have good ethical sound, ethically sound people, um, good character people, um, so with with already being at a disadvantage and also the culmination of our other qualifications to be extremely qualified for this job, you don't see a lot of black applicants making it through. You just don't. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 in in and,
0: fact, uh, being scoop, <laughs> I learned that you got hired on a second round of applying, right? You Your first <laughs> time you you didn't make the cut.
1: No, I didn't make. The, yeah, I didn't make the cut, and and like I said, it's so rigorous, and you know, and it really takes a lot of experience. I'll tell you what, what I did, you know, on a personal level, when I when I realized that, uh, because because for one, Avon is a small town. We are we are forward moving. We're getting more officers because we need more resources. We're taking more runs. Our town is growing. All that kind of stuff. However, when I was going through, you know, it was only. Uh, you know, Avon's hiring one police officer and that was the first opening in two or three years. You right. know what I mean? Right. So, uh, so there's not a lot of opportunity um, to, to to come out and, you know, really prove yourself, really prove that you're qualified and really get yourself prepared for it. Um, so uh, I think the timing was just off because my first process ever, my first process ever was Avon. My first written test that I had taken ever was Avon um my first you know so so those things matter it's your the experience matters because if you take that exam and you think it's going to be just like any other exam that you take maybe on a collegiate level maybe in a high on a high school exam level uh right. level it's not going to be the same it is not it is completely completely different so you need experience on passing those things so somebody you know that five percent that we have show up maybe three of those guys it's the first time taking a written exam and like I said, you need experience to pass on saying so already, again, we're at a disadvantage. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so. So. So, yeah. So my first time when I came through, um, you know, I didn't pass my written exam, but I tell you what I did do. You know, I applied and I, and I knew Avon was going to be my place, um, but I applied to every other, you know, um, different agencies. I paid a twenty five dollar fee to go take their, their exams just so I can make myself more familiar in like you know just in case Avon uh, opens up another slot in the next six months the next year and lo and behold eight months later here we are with another process and I'm like, you know what, I'm ready this time because I
0: Yeah. Well so, uh, and and I'm gonna make a mention too, you uh attended Indiana State University. You graduated from there, right? Yes. Okay. And um so <laughs> right now how would you recruit Avon's second black officer? What would be the conversation?
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think that, I, and like I said, I don't think, um, you know, it would be on more of a personal level. It would be on more of a, um, you know, if I, if I know good character guys and they don't know that we're having a process, then I'm going to tell them, I'm going to implore them. Hey, go ahead and, and put in an application, man, go ahead and, you know, but I just want to, I just want to make it up clear, um, that our, our department doesn't care about race, color. it's the most qualified candidates, you know, so I tell, I tell, you know, everybody, you know, people of color or, you know, white people, Hey, if you would like to apply, I'm going to employ more black people because I feel like, you know, we, we need that. Um, but, um, I'm going to tell them, hey, put in your application, do your due diligence, make sure that you do well in your, in your physical, make sure that you do well on in your interview, make sure you do well in all these categories that will set you up to be the most qualified candidate out of all candidates, not just because you're black, because you made it and you, and, and, and you were the most qualified candidate, whether or not it was black, white, Asian, female, you know, male, it doesn't matter. You were the most qualified. So get yourself prepared, prepared, and do what you need to do. Um. So, uh, so outreach, I guess, will be on a more personal level because our outreach is gonna stay the same. You know, when it comes to um, putting it on our social medias, hey, anybody and everybody is, uh, you know, is willing to come out to our processes. That's what we want. However, personally, I'm gonna implore more African Americans to come out, more Black people, because I think that we just need it. We we need we need we need to continue to bridge those gaps. And the more that people feel comfortable um, with seeing, you know, us around and and making, you know, making it known that we are forward moving um, the better off we're going to be in the long run.
0: What's been your most memorable police run in the two years that you've been at Avon PD? Oh,
1: most memorable. So, um, I guess most memorable can fall into two categories because this job just gives you such an overwhelming amount of different emotions. So, you know, sometimes you're sad, sometimes, you know, you're, excuse me, sometimes you're, you, you know, you're happy sometimes, um, you know, it, it just, it, it, it goes. So you go through so many different emotions with this job, which is why it makes it so spectacular. Um, but I think my most memorable one is, um, would be, uh, the first, the first, uh, the first fatal accident that I worked. And I'm sure that, you know, you guys probably came out here and covered the story of, um, the dump truck driver, um, uh, who, uh, who, uh, caused, you know, it was a, it was a 12 car accident. Yeah. You know, oh yeah. I remember that. one. Lives. Oh yeah. So yeah, that was a, it was a tough day. It was a very, very long day. It was a very tough day. Um, but I'll tell you what, um, our, our agency, along with several other agencies, handled it extremely well. Um, you know, I, I, it, it's moments like that that make me proud to be a part of something special and a part of this agency because, um, you know, we, we don't just go out there. We, we do our job, for one, to the best of our ability because we care about seeking justice for people. Um, so to see everybody... Um, working together to make sure that we had all of our ducks in a row. Um, We had, you know, a safe scene. We had, um, you know, all of our officers were safe, um, you know, and and to see the family um, of the deceased a couple days later give their gratitude um, by inviting us um, to share in a moment of personal uh, grievance um, was a really, really big deal to me because they felt as though we were family too. You know, and we, you know, we just showed up on the scene to do our jobs, but it's just indicative of the kind of people that we have working for us because people people feel a certain connection with us because of the way we operate. Um, so it was very, very you know, I felt grateful to be a part of their remembrance of their family members who, you know, we didn't know, we only knew them from the scene. Um, however, it was they were able to shed you know, kind of a different light than what we saw on the scene that day. So I was really grateful for that. And that's probably my one of my most memorable moments.
0: Okay. And speaking of people in A out of the sixteen thousand five hundred people that live there, about forty-eight point seven percent are male, fifty-one plus percent female. Do, do do you get treated different by males and females?
1: Uh, I mean, no, I, I think, I think a big, like I said, I think a big part of this job and a big part of, you know, a people were qualified to do this job is because we're easily adaptable. We can adapt to our environment. We can adapt to um, people that we have to deal with, talk to. Um, so if you have that quality, you know, nothing is different. People don't, people don't treat you any differently. You know, um, sometimes you do have to assert, a, a certain dominance, um, whether or not it be with a female or male. Um, however, like I said, you can read those situations. You can't. You can't just be a one-liner police officer in this job. You can't just be the straight-laced police officer all the time. You can't just be, you know, the 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 hard the hard shell police officer who shows no compassion. Right. Um, you can't just have those fronts up uh, because you're gonna fail very very quickly um in the eyes of the public because it's just not going to be you know conducive to how it should you know you should operate um as being you know a police officer when you're talking to different kinds of people um so uh yeah i mean i i I really (laughs) i i I wish that i could say that you know do i get treated differently from males or females i don't because i just you adapt so well to to the situation you're you're processing things at a thousand miles per hour uh even before you actually get on the, on, the, on the scene of a run so you already have this uh you know this this narrative in your mind of how it's going to go and sometimes it goes completely off script and you kind of just have to adjust and let that's what i said it, you know you kind of got to be adaptable um but also sometimes it aligns right with the you know the narrative that you formulated before you even got on scene so it just works out and and, and to and to have that thought process on your way to to a scene is very very important because um you know things can things can go you know according to plan or well, they can't but you just got to be able to adjust
0: it. yeah and because you are a police officer in most cases you meet people probably on the worst day of their lives they've either <laughs> they've even been a victim of crime um <laughs> or a suspect of crime so as a police officer can you tell our listeners how do you decompress from carrying the load of people's troubles and and the burden of trying to help and protect and serve Mm -hmm. how do you decompress yes
1: yeah you know what um our, our department is so good at making sure that you know exactly what you're getting yourself into because, you know, before, um, before I, you know, actually started doing this job, uh, my part of my pre-hiring process um, was getting me uh, emotional survivor book. So what, what our administration does is they hand and give out all of, to our new hires emotional survival for police officers. And it's, it's, it's just like this small, easy to read, um, paperback book um, that pretty much explains exactly uh, the emotional uh, roller coaster that you, not only yourself, that your family is going to go through, your spouse, your mother, your brother, your sister. Um, so those things, um, if you if you read on those, you get better prepared for those things that happen and recognize them sooner. Um, so uh, a, a big part of that books, you know, talks about how you know when you're hanging out with friends. Don't hang out with only cop friends. Don't hang out with you know only your coworkers who you know who, who talk about certain runs that you go on you know a day when you're off duty or you know don't find find a niche that has so, you know nothing to do with policing, nothing to do with the 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 things that you encounter. Make sure that your friends are aware you know and, and consider it that you know if you just got off you don't want to talk about what you are right, doing and, right. and, and 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 it talks about and it talks about uh people being so curious about what our job entails because i mean it is a very curious job right everybody wants to know what a police officer is doing if they see them on the side of the road everybody wants to know it so when when you have those interpersonal relationships where people are so close to that information um it can become overwhelming because you're expected you know, you're expected to share those stories with people now because they feel so close to you. However, if you just explain to them, you know what, hey, I'm just here to hang out. I'm here to hang out, have a good time. I'm not a police officer right now um, in the form of having a conversation. So let's talk about something else. So find hobbies um, that go outside of policing, right? Go, you know, if you enjoy working out, if you enjoy taking hikes, if you enjoy you know, uh, you know, playing with your dogs and throwing, you know, and, and, and stuff like that and, and just hanging out with people, hanging out with family, make sure that you surround yourself with things that are not about policing because you will not, um, you will never get a break and, you know, inevitably anybody who doesn't get a break from anything is gonna, you know, uh, implode on the inside or something going to go awry or you get burnout out and, and stuff like that. So it's important to do things outside of police and that'll keep your mind kind of distracted and decompressed after you get up.
0: Yeah, okay. So right now I want to do something with you. It's called first thought. So I'm going to give you a wow. scenario and I need you to give me your first thought in a sentence. Okay. <laughs> so okay. Officer okay. Tajay, hi. When you are out and about in or in or out of a uniform. What goes through your mind? What is your first thought when you see a sign, a t-shirt, a bumper sticker that says, I can't
1: breathe? Um, first thought is spread the message. Continue to spread the message.
0: What is your first thought when you see
1: the words Black Lives matter My first thoughts are they absolutely do What are your first thoughts when
0: the dispatcher calls for your attention over the radio?
1: you uh, who needs my help who needs? Who needs
0: assistance? What are your first thoughts when you finish a run and mark back in service?
1: Now I'm, now I'm better prepared for the next run.
0: What are your first thoughts when on a work day, your alarm clock wakes you up? (laughs)
1: Let's get the day going. What? How can we help somebody today?
0: What are your first thoughts when you're done for the day and you mark out of service?
1: Let me get this vest off of my body. (laughs) (laughs) What are your first thoughts
0: when you hear over the police radio a fellow officer mentions whatever the code is for help. I need to get there as quickly as possible. What are your first thoughts when a child in Avon looks up at you as a police officer and wants to shake your hand?
1: I've been there. I've been there. And I understand. And and I feel... Feel honored. I feel great grateful.
0: What are your first thoughts knowing you are Avon Indiana's first black police
1: officer ever? Prideful. Prideful. Excited because I get to use this platform for a for a bigger purpose. It's bigger than the badge for me.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, you have just heard from Officer Tajay High, and now you, like me, you have the real scoop on Avon's first black officer. Thank you for joining us, sir. Any last thoughts?
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, And and like I said, you know, I've I've got so much respect for you, what you do. Um, I feel like you, you. you're, you you transcend, um, you know one of the you know the the most transparent people uh, that that I've met, um, and I'm super proud to know you. Um, I'm glad that we finally had a chance to do this. I'm uh, I'm glad that you know you you kind of gave me the platform to allow me to express uh, my experiences. So I just want to say thank you and I look forward to many more conversations.
0: Fantastic. Thank you, Officer Tajay High, Avon Police Department. This has been The Real Scoop with Scoop Jefferson. Thanks for listening.